With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I hope all of you had a spectacular Easter weekend. Saturday night's games, my wife is a Michigan alum. We were sitting back watching Loyola versus Michigan, and I was convinced. I said, look, Sister Jean sold her soul to the devil. There's no way that Loyola of Chicago is going to lose this game against Michigan. And uh, then they fell apart down the stretch on Easter weekend, no less. Congratulations to the Wolverines. On the flip side, Villanova dominates throughout basically the entirety of the game against Kansas, and so we get Villanova against Michigan. Now, you know who listen to this show regularly. I'm not the kind of guy who likes to brag or draw attention to himself. More of a uh, more of a quiet kind of shrinking, uh, hiding, you know, uh, just kind of quiet guy but I did say on this show and I did tweet out and I did tell you all that my title game pick when the brackets came out was Michigan against Villanova and that I was picking Villanova to win it all and guess what I absolutely nailed the national title game so tonight we've got that game going on probably going to take a nap what time does that game start? About 9 o'clock Eastern? It's one of those nights where you got a late night game. Got to take a nap, make sure that I'm awake and plugged in and ready to roll for the end of that game. But I think that Villanova is going to run away with it. I think Villanova is going to win by double digits. Uh, Villanova, I believe, has won all five of their games so far in the NCAA tournament by 12 or more. One of the more dominant runs we've seen through five games so far. If they were to win a sixth by double digits. There's only a couple of teams, I think, that have ever done that. And Jay Wright would join the 12 other men in NCAA tournament history who've won multiple national titles as a coach. And he would become only the third active coach alongside of Coach K and Roy Williams to have won two or more titles and be a current basketball coach right now. Now, 
Maybe Rick Pitino is going to come back. We can talk about whether or not his Louisville title is still going to end up counting when all is said and done. Uh, certainly, uh, Jim Calhoun has ridden off into the sunset with his three. Maybe one day Billy Donovan comes back from the NBA and leaves behind the Oklahoma City Thunder and decides to return to college basketball, and he could come back, and he has two, obviously. But in the meantime, for Jay Wright, this is a massive game tonight with the opportunity to establish himself as one of the all-time great college basketball coaches. It's tough to win one. It's insanely difficult to win two. And so Jay Wright would have won two in three years. And if the, the Nova can win tonight, then he will have done it pretty much this year in dominant fashion. In a year when all the other top seeds, it seemed like, were challenged and battled and lost down the stretch of these games, Villanova so far has coasted through every game and not really been challenged down the stretch. Now, maybe that means that Michigan will be able to put up a good fight. I certainly hope the game is going to go well. As uh, a man who's married to a Michigan alum, I would not be uh, upset if Michigan were able to win. My wife would be happy. And if you are a married man, you know that when your wife is happy, when mama happy, when mama's happy, everybody's happy. When mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Well, it's not bad in my house for mama to be happy. On the flip side, Jay Wright, we just talked about getting his second national title. What about Michigan? If Michigan could win their first championship in basketball since 1989 when Ramil Robinson and Glenn Rice were on the court, when Ramil Robinson sank those two free throws, I believe they were playing P.J. Carlissimo and Seton Hall in the title game that year, way back in 1989. Uh, Michigan has since won a half of a title in 1997 in uh, the Charles Woodson bogus Heisman Trophy year when they split with Nebraska. If all of that takes place, if all of that happens, uh, then for Michigan, it'd be a pretty big win. And obviously, it also changes John Beeline's life forever because at his age, he becomes a national championship winning coach and uh, sort of rises to the level of, of champion, which is a hard level to reach. So there is much at stake here tonight for both men, for both programs. Uh, Jim Harbaugh somewhere. It's funny to think about as I take shots at Jim Harbaugh for the amount of attention he has gotten at Michigan for a football program. I haven't seen Harbaugh involved very much in the uh, Michigan basketball run, but I anticipate him showing up in the, in, the, uh, in the arena for some reason and drawing attention to himself tonight because uh, it's good that Jim Harbaugh would be able to see a team that finishes – uh, in the championship running since his teams have not done so despite all of the attention that he has received as the savior of Michigan football. So if Beeline could get this done, first of all, it again points to how fine the line is between abject failure in the NCAA tournament that is hard to ever get over and the joy of uh, of, of championship. Because if you remember... Michigan in round two, I'm sorry, Houston fans, Michigan in round two was down two, and I believe I'm correct that Houston had two free throws to shoot with 3.6 seconds left, and they missed both. If I don't even remember who the guy was who was shooting. If he hits both those free throws, Michigan's eliminated. If he hits one, then best case scenario, even with the crazy three that they hit, with virtually no time remaining on the clock uh, when the ball was let go of his hand, then we go to overtime, and Michigan could or could not have lost that game. But effectively, the Wolverines were down to their very last breath in round two, 
and close to not even advancing to the Sweet 16. They made the three there. They won by one. And since then, they have looked uh, very good. They dominated against Texas A&M. Uh, they found a, uh, a way to, uh, to advance into the Elite Eight, and then they got past Loyola of Chicago. All of that has looked very seamless so far for the Michigan Wolverines. So we got that big game. I'll open up the phone lines. I'll bring in the crew in the next segment. Uh, otherwise, there's a couple of things I wanted to hit on uh, as well as we continue towards the, uh, towards the NFL draft. I read a great article read a great article breaking down the uh, the quarterback position. And in particular, where do you need to draft to land a franchise quarterback? This is a while back in the Wall Street Journal I read it. And uh, it breaks down the difference between taking a quarterback in the top five picks. I haven't seen anybody else do this data. What's the difference between taking a quarterback in the top five picks in picks six through 10 and in picks 11 through 32 in the first round? Because I think a lot of people myself included, think, oh, there's probably not that much difference in the overall outcome, given that a lot of it is 50-50. If you take a quarterback number one overall, or if you take a quarterback, let's say, number 15 overall, or number 20 or number 28, you know, basically, if you're a first-round quarterback, I would think success levels would be similar, whether you're the first pick overall or the 25th pick overall. It's not actually true. I want to break down that and talk about why it matters as we look at the top of the draft this year. And uh, increasingly, as I pay attention to it, I'll give you my top five picks, what I think is going to happen at the top of the NFL draft. Increasingly, I believe that we are likely to see quarterbacks go one, two, and three, and that the Browns are going to have a chance to go with the fourth pick and take Saquon Barkley as well as getting a quarterback. That would obviously be an ideal scenario for the Cleveland Browns, assuming they don't trade out and find a way to get more value for their first and fourth overall picks, which I think it's unlikely at this point. I think Sam Darnold, I'll go ahead and give you a tease. I think Sam Darnold is going to go number one overall. I think that's the uh, the most likely outcome. But obviously, we're going to open here with the NCAA tournament. I'll bring in the crew. We will talk about what we thought, uh, what we think of this game. Again, not the kind of guy to brag, but I did predict Michigan against Villanova. I'm sticking to Villanova winning. I'm taking Villanova also to cover uh, in this game. And uh, we will break down what it means for Beeline, what it means for Jay Wright, and the overall college basketball universe. Because will, and this is, I, I think, an interesting question, will the FBI and the NCAA and all of these sordid details attached to college basketball reveal themselves more significantly in the wake of what will be the final college basketball game of the season? Will there be a bunch of guys out there who feel like they may be named in this investigation who decide to consider the NBA more seriously than they have in past years? What's the overall uh, situation going to be? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This game also, I would say tonight, could be big for the Big Ten. And let me explain why. The Big Ten fancies itself a conference that competes for championships. And by the way, congratulations, Notre Dame won the women's title last night. Big shot, three hit at the buzzer, two walk-off wins for Notre Dame over UConn and Mississippi State to uh, to win a championship. But the Big Ten fancies, fancies itself as a conference that wins championships. Yet, if you look at the history of the Big Ten... By and large, the conference really doesn't win very many championships in men's basketball and in football. 
21st century, so starting since the year 2000. Uh, the Big Ten has won a title, I believe, in 2002 with Ohio State. And in 2000, was it 14? I think it was 2014. Maybe it was 13. Whatever year it was, the uh, the first year of the college football playoff, Ohio State wins a title. So Ohio State has won two titles in football. Uh, Michigan won a half of a title because they split with Nebraska in 1997 in football. Otherwise, I believe I am correct. In 2000, Michigan State won the college basketball national title. That was Tom Izzo's only title. They beat Florida in the 2000 national title game. And I think prior to that, the last title, I believe I'm correct. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. The last title that the Big Ten won in college basketball was Michigan in 1989. So if you go all the way back through 1989 to now, which is almost 30 years, it's a pretty long time. There's lots of people listening to us right now who hear 1989 and they're like, man, that was a long time ago. Scary to me because I remember the night. My my buddy likes to say, uh, one of my good buddies likes to say, you knew the year well if you can remember what the baseball cards looked like. So I remember 1989 baseball cards really well. That was the year, if I'm not mistaken, that the Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck card number one came out. Like That was the year that upper deck was like, hey, I'm going to dunk on you, Donruss, Fleer, and Topps. We got the 1989 upper deck card that's coming out. It's going to revitalize the card industry and just dunk all over Topps, Fleer, and Donruss. If you're my age, you remember the baseball card collecting boom. Upper deck came out, and it was like the Mona Lisa of the card uh, trading card industry and the number one card boom right there King Griffey Jr. uh, rookie card number one in the set one of the great calls all time in the world of card collecting but you go all the way back to 1989 which is the year Ramil Robinson hit his free throws and the Big Ten if my math is correct here live math always a challenge with me you got three two and a half titles in football and you've got two titles in basketball so you got four and a half national championships in the sports that people really care about going all the way back to 1989. And you can go back even further, and the title situation doesn't get that much better, until, especially until you go back to when Bobby Knight won his last title. So Indiana had a run there with Bobby Knight, but in football, there haven't been that many titles. Michigan, for all of the acclaim that the Michigan football program gets, they don't win that often in terms of on the big national stage. And that's why Michigan fans are so insecure when I point out, hey, Jim Harbaugh hasn't really done anything as your coach so far. He hasn't finished better than third in the Big Ten East. So for the Big Ten, Michigan getting a title here would be a really big deal. It'd be a big deal for the conference to win their first, their second title in basketball in the 21st century. And so I don't think they're going to do it, but I think it would be a uh, a big deal. Now let me bring in the crew. I put up a poll question. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can also always download this show, listen on iTunes, uh, as millions of you are doing uh, every single month. But uh, I put up a poll because I don't think, this is an interesting result. It's an interesting result from my followers. I'm blown away, actually, by the poll results. This is why I put up poll questions. I don't think Villanova or Michigan are particularly unlikable. That is, I don't think there are very many people out there listening, unless you just hate Michigan, 
because you're an Ohio State fan or because you are a Michigan State fan. I don't think there are that many people out there who find the University of Michigan to be an unlikable school because I mentioned before, they don't actually win that much. Now, you might not like them because you feel like they get way more attention than their titles would actually justify, and that I can understand. But in general, Michigan is like kind of a lovable loser. And Villanova, I don't think anybody hates Villanova. I mean, you have to be a pretty sad person to be like, oh, I despise Villanova with every fiber of my being. Maybe you could be a member of the Big Five crew in the Philadelphia area and you're a St. Joe's fan uh, or you're a Temple fan or whatever it is and you just hate to see them succeed. You hate to see Nova having success. You're a LaSalle fan. You're sitting around. There aren't that many of those people. Who you got tonight? I'll give you the results uh, when we get over 1,000 votes because that's when they become most reliable. But these results in the poll question, at Clay Travis on Twitter, you can find me. Who you guys got? Let's uh, let's bring in um, the uh, let's bring in the crew. Uh, Jason Martin, Danny G, and Justin out in LA. I'll start with you, Jason Martin. Are you with me that both of these teams, Michigan and Villanova, not particularly unlikable? Therefore, I don't think there's like a love and a hate relationship about this game. I think it could be a really good basketball game. I think the way Nova is shooting right now, if they keep that up. Nobody can stay close to him. Michigan's not a particularly great three-point shooting team. Wagner was amazing. I mean, he won that game. He dunked all over Sister Jean by himself down the stretch of that game. Looked like a young dirty, honestly, is who he reminded me of a little bit. The way he could step out, that step-back three he hit to tie it at 47. The plays he can make inside. I mean, he's a hell of a player. That's as good of a Final Four performance. He went for 24-15, and 15, as we have seen in a very long time. But who you got tonight? Are you with me, Jason Martin? You got Villanova, and do you agree with me that neither one of these teams is unlikable? And both Jay Wright and John Beeline, pretty likable dudes. The players on these teams, likable. I just, I, I don't see a reason why one team should have a strong rooting interest and the other shouldn't. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Villanova wins by double digits. I've just watched them shoot throughout this tournament, and they continue to blow me away. I'm actually bored watching the three-point shot at this stage of my basketball career, and Saturday night, early in the second half I'd had just about enough not because I was upset watching Villanova just because I knew Kansas going three for two every time down the floor was just going to continue to fall further and further behind and that they had no chance of coming back in that game the problem for anybody facing Villanova is yeah you can chase a couple of people off the three-point line but how do you chase eight guys off the three-point line there's always somebody everybody on that floor can make a three for Villanova and you're right Wagner was amazing in that first game against Loyola Chicago it looked like the Ramblers had all the momentum and then completely lost it because Wagner just took over that basketball game. And then a couple of his teammates kind of rallied behind him and started making some shots late in that game. But but I do agree pretty much on all your points here. Beeline and Wright are both likable coaches in general. Uh, there's nobody on the floor for either. There's no Grayson Allen here for those that want to hate on Duke. There's nobody like that. There's, there's nobody on either side to dislike. I think tonight, as basketball fans, as sports fans, let's just root for a good basketball game. I think Villanova wins it easily. I'm hoping it does not go that way. I'm hoping this one goes down to the end. And just to point this out, in title games for the Big Ten since Michigan State won the championship in 2000, the Big Ten is 0-6. Indiana lost in 0-2 to Maryland. 
2005, Illinois lost to Carolina. 07, Thad Mata's Ohio State team lost to Florida. 09, Michigan State lost to Carolina, got blown out by 17. 03, John Beeline's Michigan team lost to uh, Louisville, 13 rather. And then 2015, Wisconsin lost to Duke. So 0-6 for Big Ten when they've reached the title game in college basketball since Tom Izzo won in 2000. That's a great stat. I knew it wasn't good uh, when because they've had a lot of teams in the Final Four, the Big Ten is, but they haven't been able to find a way to actually win the title. And for those of you out there who love to gamble, uh, and that's a lot of our audience, Villanova is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in tonight's uh, national title game against Michigan. Would have been a double-digit favorite over Loyola if Loyola had been able to continue their magical run. Uh, poll, poll results. Now that we're over a thousand votes, you can go find me at Clay Travis. You can click your own uh, vote in here. I'm stunned by this. I'm curious if you guys are too. Who you got tonight, Michigan or Villanova? 82% of my audience out there voting right now is on Villanova. I, I, I mean, I thought it would be roughly 50 50. Um, you know, I think I'm probably rooting for Michigan because I'd like for my wife to be happy uh, as a Michigan alum. But 82% of the vote going Villanova, is that because there's a lot of SEC fans that follow me that just viscerally can't stand the Big Ten? Is that we've got? I know I've got a lot of Ohio State fans that follow me. Uh, are Ohio State fans rooting against Michigan? Are Michigan State fans rooting against, against Michigan? Um, I'd be curious to actually know that, uh, that result. Let's bring in the crew out in L.A. Does that stun you? I mean, because to me, this looks like two teams that are pretty evenly matched that should be evenly liked, and Villanova is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, to have 82% of people saying they're rooting for Villanova, I mean, frankly, kind of stunned me when I saw the uh, poll results popping in. Yeah, I I don't think it would stun us just because of the anti-Big Ten followers that you have. You're saying rooting, and I I think, uh, like, logically, a lot of us know Villanova, their head and shoulders above everybody, it seems like, just watching them you know, uh, blow teams out. Uh, although Michigan is likable. You're right. I like both teams. Um, and got to say, Michigan, they also have some of the best uniforms in the country. Uh, so every time they're on HD, they pop off the screen. Uh, Wagner is a beast. That was awesome watching him on that hustle play, crash into the broadcast table and smash coaches' glasses. Uh, both games were fun. But, yeah, I think that Jalen Brunson – uh, led by Jay Wright, Villanova just has too much, and they're gonna they're gonna get the championship. So two votes for Nova. Who you got, Justin Cooper? Are you also on Nova train? Yeah, it's not who I'm rooting for, but that's who I think's gonna win. Yeah, I, I think it's intriguing. Let me go ahead and bring in Eddie Garcia, and then uh, I, I tease a little bit on the NFL draft, and we will hit that in a second. But I've actually got a question and or discussion that I'm gonna have. Something happened to me down on the beach. I got into an argument with a woman. Uh, and I think you guys are going to enjoy what this argument was based on. I want to see if you think I was in the right or if I was in the wrong here. Uh, but first, Eddie Garcia, let's uh, let's bring you in. Well, Clay, we've got uh, nine days left in the NBA regular season. Check out some games of note. The Spurs have out their playoff chances with a 100-83 win over the Rockets. Houston's 11-game winning streak comes to an end. Warriors beat the Suns 117-107. Golden State now 2-0 with Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson all back in the lineup returning from injury. The Pelicans lose to the Thunder 109-104 while the Nuggets beat the Bucks 128-125 in overtime. So Denver's one game back in New Orleans for the final playoff spot in the West. It's a baseball games of note. 
Smoke. The Blue Jays beat the Yankees 7-4. Justin Smoke drove in six runs for Toronto, hitting a pair of home runs. Astros beat the Rangers 8-2 in his debut with the World Series champs. Pitcher Garrett Cole gets the win. Seven innings, one run, two hits with 11 strikeouts. Sunday night baseball saw the Dodgers beat up on the Giants 9-0. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And uh, Clay, one note from the NFL, former Jets and Giants quarterback Geno Smith has reached an agreement on a one-year deal with the LA Chargers to back up Phillip Rivers in five seasons. He's got 29 touchdowns, 36 interceptions in 35 games played. Good deal. Uh, We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So, uh, this would have been Friday night. Uh, Friday night, I have finished the show. You guys know. I mean, I finished the show. I go home. I write. I try to be done and dialed out because I work a lot of hours on Friday by around noon. So, I was. We're out having a good time. I'm down at the beach with my family. My two oldest boys are on spring break. And so, we go to Seaside. Uh, Seaside, for those of you who don't know, it's where they film the Truman Show. It's a beautiful beachside community, literally on the ocean, uh, right down on the Gulf Coast, uh, between um, uh, between Destin and Panama City Beach. So we're there at Seaside, and on it's really cool, all these little communities, which are great for kids, they show movies um, inside like the little amphitheater there. They have this, this, this grass field amphitheater that they have made right off the road. They bring in like a big blow-up screen, and they show movies there every Friday night when the weather's good. So starting in March, all the way basically up until I, I think after Labor Day. So they'll show a Friday night movie. People bring blankets. They put them down in front. All the kids are like running around playing everything else. So uh, I am there with all three of my kids. Uh, and, and I got a 10, a 7, and a, a 3-year-old. And uh, the, the movie is Cars 3. And my 3-year-old is obsessed with Lightning McQueen. I think we've talked about it on this show before. Just absolutely obsessed with all the Cars franchise. So my boys are also, the two oldest, obsessed with football. And this is actually really kind of cool. I don't know if your kids are like this or not, but my boys are obsessed with YouTube. And so, but they're obsessed with college football and the NFL. And so they watch all these highlights of old games. And the way YouTube works is you watch one segment and then a new show starts. And so if you're watching highlights of a Super Bowl game, then a new Super Bowl highlight will come on and all the way through. And so they quiz me all the time about all these old games that have taken place. They're like, Dad, Back in, uh, did Donovan McNabb really throw up in the Super Bowl? I'm like, it was 10 years before you were born. Like, how do you guys know? I mean, they know everything. It's amazing, and it's all because of YouTube. And so they're, they're obsessed. Like, anytime they can throw football, they want to throw football. And they play a game. I don't remember this game existing when I was a kid, or at least I don't remember it existing called this. Uh, they play, we played Smear the, I don't think, can I, can I say Smear the, Smear the Q? I don't think you can play Smear the Q anymore. Can I say that? I don't think I can say, yeah, I could probably say it. Queer and Latin studies, uh, you know, like queer and lesbian studies or whatever. We played Smear the Q that way. So uh, I don't think they play Smear the Q anymore. Um, but the, uh, the, we're throwing football, all right? We're, we're throwing football, and they play a game called Jackpot. Jackpot is an interesting game. It's basically like you throw the ball, and if somebody catches it, they become the quarterback, and they throw it back to the group. Uh, we didn't play a game like that, but you know, there's like seven or eight kids, like eight kids, all different ages, and I'm playing all-time quarterback, just throwing the ball up in the air, 
and seeing which kid can catch it. And so it's before the movie starts. Sun hasn't gone down yet. It's probably, I don't know, 6.30, 6.45. And I'm just the dad throwing football to two of my kids, fourth grader and a first grader, and then like six or seven other kids on top of that. And other people are sitting around, and the kids' ages are like six, seven, eight. My kid, my kid is the oldest at 10, but most of them are like six, seven, and eight years old um, that, that I am throwing to. And so each of the kids, when they catch it or when they get the football, they try to throw it back to me. And if you have ever coached, like I also coach seven- and eight-year-old baseball. I coach six- and seven-year-old baseball. One of the things you learn is young boys in particular, they have the arm strength to throw the ball, but they have no idea where it's going to go. I mean, they are just back there. They drop back to throw it, and it could go anywhere. So this six-year-old kid, I have no idea who his parent is. I have no idea, you know, like uh, who he is. This six-year-old kid winds up to throw the ball, and he uncorks it, and I can immediately tell, oh, this is a bad throw. This throw is nowhere near me, and it's like slow motion. It's a Nerf football, like one of the little Nerf soft footballs. I mean, it's full size, but you guys know what a Nerf football feels like. It's not like a Nerf football is like a hard, you know, like pigskin football. So this Nerf football is like spiraling, kind of twisting, not a spiral. It's like, you know, kind of helicoptering through the night sky, wobbly, all out of sorts. And about the time it reaches the pinnacle of this kid's throw, and it's too far for me to run and be able to get it. I mean, it's nowhere near me. About the time it reaches the pinnacle of this kid's throw, I recognize, uh uh-oh, this thing is angling right towards a mom. And it's angling right towards a mom who's sitting beside one of her daughter's and she's like eating a soup. And I'm thinking to myself, uh-oh, it's going to hit her. This is going to be rough. And, you know, I was right. The angle comes down, and it doinks her right on the head. I mean, hits her right smack dab on top of the head. And uh, she, you know, kind of reacts, like, because she didn't have her head on a swivel. Like, I, I feel like if it were a guy sitting there, not to stereotype, but guys when there's a ball game going on around them, more likely to kind of have their head on a swivel and be like aware that a ball could come flying at any one moment. This woman's sitting there eating her soup, like kind of having no idea that she's there. Now, other thing you should know is there's this huge field of area where people can sit. When this woman came and sat and put her like blanket down and sat down with her daughter, I thought to myself, like, why are you sitting here, lady? Like you're kind of sitting in the line of fire. There's all these spaces closer to the movie screen. You're here to watch the movie. You don't need to claim this area where nobody else is around you. You're kind of in the line of fire if you know anything about six- or seven-year-old boys because they don't don't know where the ball is going to go when they let it go on any given time. So she gets hit right in the head, all right, bounces off. And I I go over and I pick up the football, and I'm like, I'm sorry about that. He's six, um, and, uh, you know, like, sorry about that. And she says to me, I swear to God, she's angry at me. And she says, I hope when your kids, you're being, she said, you're being rude. I hope when your kids grow up, they're not as rude as you are. Now, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, it wasn't my kid who hit her. All right. Not even my kid. I'm just being the good dad here, playing football with these eight little kids, throwing the football. And so my wife told me that I should have just said, okay, whatever, and moved over a little bit. But when I get hit with rudeness, out of nowhere, my inclination is to defend my position. And I said, well, actually, it's not that. It wasn't my son. But you sat down kind of right in the middle of this area where we're playing the game. Frankly, it's kind of on you. 
There are tons of parents around here. We're playing uh, eight kids here. We're entertaining here. Six, seven, eight, nine years old. One of them, it's bound to happen, is going to make a bad throw at some point. Kind of on you that you sat this close to where we were already playing. Frankly, and I, I didn't say it this long, but that's basically what I said. I said, frankly, this is on you. And she said, and she was sitting there with her daughter, and she said, I'm going to tell my husband when he comes back. And I was like, well, what, you, is your husband going to fight me because a six-year-old hits you with the football? I said, look, lady. I said, look, lady. When your husband gets back, I guarantee you what he's going to say. He's going to say, you shouldn't have put your blanket right beside the game of all the little kids playing football. And if you do get hit then, it's kind of on you. So he screwed over a little bit. And, uh, and I'm throwing, you know, continue to play football. Husband comes back. Husband comes back, and he sits down beside her. And I'm not really paying attention to him at all. I'm not even looking over at them. And, but I can tell that she is furious. And she's just laying into her husband. And the husband doesn't do anything. Like, he tries to placate her because I think, like I said, he's a guy and he's like, yeah, you sat down right beside a bunch of little kids playing football. So we continue to play. Uh, lady doesn't say anything else, but it gets dark. Movie Cars 3 starts. I go back. My wife saw the whole interaction. And she says, why did you, why did you talk back to that lady? I said, I didn't do anything. I was, I'm being the good dad here, throwing the football. I'm going to open up the phone lines here. My wife says, you shouldn't have gone back at her at all. You should have just kept your mouth shut and moved over and not said anything. And I said, but I apologized after she got hit in the head with the football. Was I in the right or was I in the wrong here? Open phone lines. I'll also ask the crew. 877-996-6369. Lady at the beach, basically. We're across the street from the beach. Getting ready for Cars 3. Everybody's laying out their blankets. I'm playing a game called Jackpot, which is a game that every little kid seems to be playing right now. Basically, you throw the ball up in the air. If somebody catches it, they get to turn around. A six-year-old who I don't know, anonymous six-year-old, just playing football, hits this lady in the head with a Nerf football. No way possible that it hurt at all. Might have been a little bit stunning because she didn't have her head on a swivel, but in no way like an actual injury to speak of in any kind of capacity. It's a six-year-old throwing the ball. It's not like it was Brett Favre dropping back to throw a laser. And she gets doinked a little bit and loses her mind and I think wants her husband to fight me over it because I told her that she sat down in the area of fire and it was kind of her fault. After First of all, I apologized on behalf of the six-year-old. not like the six-year-old came up and apologized. I apologized on behalf of the six-year-old. She loses her mind with me, wants her husband to fight me. Who was in the right here? Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.